Hey everybody, welcome to episode 72 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week I want to talk about your test bed. Do you have one? Do you intend to get one? And wait till I tell you about the one I am planning on building. So let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. If you want to support the show, there are many options available from the links in the episode notes below. And if you want to interact with me and the show, that information's in there too. But most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I hope you had a great week, whether you were hunting or not this week. So I got out beach detecting this week with the Equinox, but alas, nothing major was found. And to be honest, the amount of people on the beach forced me to pack it in early due to the crowd of kids following me about and the amount of parents thinking that was okay while they lay back soaking in the sun. In other news, I have an idea to set up a Discord server for the listeners of the podcast. Anybody who I have run the idea past thinks it would be a great idea, so I might do a few tests and set it up. But let me know if this is something you would be interested in. I'm terrible at social media, and adding another channel for interactions is right out of my wheelhouse. But let me know what you think. So this week, I want to talk to you about your test bed. Do you have one? You might call it a finds bed or a mini test bed. Whatever way you address it, it is a way for you to test your detector settings on known objects buried in the ground. And I suppose that is why you would want one to help you learn your detector. Sometimes I like to think of it like running through your basic football drills each week, making sure your skills are sharp, or in this case, your ear is sharp. Test beds were developed, I suppose, in an era where you didn't have a VDI to memorize the numbers, but had to tune your ear to the tones created by certain targets. That's not to say there is no need for one today, but that's what their first function was. Your test bed is a very personal thing, as you set it up based on where you hunt, plus what you hunt for. Most are set up in your back garden, so are only used by you. It would be very rare for a communal test bed to be set up, unless you're part of a club, I suppose. Normally, to set one up in your back garden, you need a few square yards of land to do this. But if you were like me growing up and space for a test bed was limited, you can use a plastic bucket with one or two targets in the bottom. In fact, I used to have two buckets, one with sand and one with soil. But to be honest, in this situation, you are just one step up from air testing. So even though I liked the idea of the test bucket, it didn't really serve me well till I actually built a proper bed in my back garden. But if that's all you got to work with, then that's all you got. So like I said, you will need a few square yards of land to set up your test bed. When acquired, you take about 16 to 20 targets, ensuring that at least 50% of your targets are trash. And for me, that's ring pulls, nails and bottle tops. Your good targets must then be specific to what you're searching for. Like for me, it's gold rings, gold earrings, similar in silver, with the remaining four slots taken up with modern coinage. For you, if you were a field detectorist, if you were a field detectorist, you would replace my gold targets with hammer coins, for example, and silver jewellery for silver coins. You get the idea. How do you lay out your targets? I laid mine out with each of my good targets paired with some trash ones close by. 
Not too close to cause masking, but close enough that I can make sure to hit both in one swing if needed to test for response and sensitivity. I have also buried all my targets at varying depths, between 6 to 10 inches, with some small trash at depth to allow me tune these out via sensitivity. Is it perfect for me? No, because it's laid out in soil when the majority of my detecting is on a beach, so it is not a perfect facsimile of my hunting grounds. There are a few gotchas to look out for when creating your bed. The first one being, make sure to map it out on a piece of paper when you create it, because till you know it inside out from memory, you will never be sure if you're hitting that ring pull or a gold ring. Make sure to water the hole when you place the target in. This will ensure there is no air present in the hole with the target and effectively bedding it in. In fact, your bed will behave differently as it ages, as the more time that passes, the better an analog of real conditions your bed will become. Also, under the same heading of bedding in, you need to be aware that you will not be able to replicate what your detector will behave like due to halo effect, so don't expect that to be covered, but that might be a great experiment to do. Can you replicate halo effect? I wonder. Anyways, on to the next gotcha. Lay your targets at various angles, or at least make sure not to lay them all at 180 degrees or 90 degrees. Again, as this doesn't represent real life. Like I said previously, your test bed is a very personal thing, so go to town. So, in doing my research for this week's pod, I asked the question, do metal detector manufacturers use a test bed? I did know they used pucks of specific material to test, but I'm assuming they do real-world field testing to ensure accuracy, but it got me thinking on an old idea I had before, but wouldn't it be great if you could accurately benchmark a detector's detection ability on a standardized test bed, allowing us as the consumer to have one version of the truth on what detectors excel in what conditions, essentially giving us a magic quadrant chart comparing all detectors. This test would have to take the human out of the equation as we are chaotic beings and couldn't guarantee a standardized swing of speed and height so you would need something that you could attach a detector to that would swing the detector consistently. Because of this, your bed would probably have to be in a circle, but then you would need a device, much like a graphical equalizer, using fast Fourier transforms to read in the audio from the detector and log a detection to a database for measurement. Recording speed and direction would be important also, as you would have to increase the rotational speed of the detector till failure, or at least till the targets start to target mask each other out, resulting in missed targets. Then you would possibly need a way of adjusting the target's orientation to run the test again. Speaking of targets, you could have specific targets. I know in the detection industry, particularly for food, they would use detection pucks of differing metals and sizes, so no reason you couldn't do the same here. So your results would be, say, how many targets were pinged, at what speed, and at what orientation and size. This would give, I suppose, a benchmark of detection, response, and recovery for particular sizes and orientation. Once you standardize the test across all detectors, you would have, like I said, one version of the truth on performance, I suppose. I really think the manufacturers would not like this, as this could potentially have implications to marketing and what they say in marketing. I have already started making the test bed, so let's see how far I can take it. I'll be regularly updating via Patreon in the coming weeks, but let me know if you have any input to my idea, 
As you can see, I'm still trying to verbalize it right now. That's it for this week. I hope you like this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out our website, www.themetaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Actually, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metaldetecting. Also, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will be in the show notes. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down, good luck and happy hunting.